I gotta tell you, I'm overwhelmed. And as we get started this morning, I'm so excited about what God has been stirring and working in my heart. I have come under some of the most severe spiritual warfare in the last week. And I said, Lord, I need time to study. I need time. And everything was taken away. Everything was taken away. And then yesterday, the Lord opened the whole day. Just me and the Lord. My amazing wife took the kids and spent all day with the kids. That's a job. And I got so excited about what the Holy Spirit was doing that I literally began to dance in my office. Now, some of y'all might say, Dave, that's a little charismatic for me. Um, I'll be real with y'all. I'm not charismatic. I'm not Baptist. I'm a bondservant of the Lord Most High. And I pray that each of you in this place is right there with me. And so I've got to do two things as we get started. Out of obedience to God, because today we're talking about walking in the Spirit. And how dare I come up here and not listen to the Spirit right here at the beginning. So I got one thing that y'all know that we always do, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And one thing is I was sitting right here, the Lord just told me. And if I don't walk in obedience, then how can I get up here and preach? And so let me start with 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. It says, My message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your word would not rest on the wisdom of man, but on the power of God. May that be today. Last night, the Lord put on my heart to come up here with a friend, and we began just to pray over this place. And we were singing worship songs and just praying and crying out. And I just continued to pray, God, send a fire, let it fall down in this place, let your glory reign in this place, just let it overtake us today. And as we were doing that, the Lord put on my heart, this is holy ground. This morning as I was sitting right here, the Lord put on my heart that this is holy ground, I've only done this one time, other time in my life, this will only be the second time. And as I was sitting right here, the Lord said, as you preach today, This is holy ground. And the Lord spoke to me. I'm going to do something I've only done one other time. And the Lord told me to preach without my shoes on today. Let me explain to you how I know it was the Lord. Because I said, no, Lord, that can't be you. And immediately I got a text message from a friend of mine that said, listen to the Spirit. He's speaking to you. And I said, okay, Lord, this can't be you. And Valerie in that song said, stand because we are on holy ground. And the Lord said, if you walk in disobedience, they will not hear my voice today. And I said, yes, sir. And so for the first time, and I do have socks on. (laughs) But I'm going to preach today with no shoes because God's called me to. Listen, I'm overwhelmed with what the Lord has for us today in this place. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer. And let's begin. And Lord, I just pray right now that you will remove me from this place. God, I am nothing but a vessel. And today I want to be used as a vessel of honor, oh God. Lord, what you have poured into my heart throughout yesterday and throughout this week and supernaturally put this message together, Lord, I pray right now that it is simply an overflowing of what you've done in this place. 
I pray that the fire of God will consume this place and that we will see the glory of God and that revival will break forth throughout this land. But God, may it start with us. May it start right here. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for speaking to me. And God, now I simply get out of the way and ask you to move. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. If you have your scriptures, open up to Galatians chapter 5. And as you're doing that, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you, what is the aim of your life? What's your purpose? What's your reason for living? Let's bring it down to an even different level. And let me ask you this. What did you live for? What was your aim this past week? What was your purpose? What were you living for? I want you to take just a minute. I want you to think in your mind and in your heart what that is. What was your aim this week? So right here in the stillness and the quietness of the moment, I want you to think what your aim was. In Galatians chapter 5 verse 1, it says it was for freedom that Christ set us free and therefore keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be no benefit to you. And I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation to keep the whole law. You have been served from Christ, severed from Christ, you who are seeking to be justified by the law. You have fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit by faith are waiting for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcised nor uncircumcised means anything, but faith works through love. You were running well. Who hindered you in obeying the truth? Verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. This is such an interesting piece of scripture to me. As I read this scripture and as I begin to think through what God is saying, Paul speaks to them and says, hey, you were made free in Christ. And we know what that means. Freedom from the, 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 the slavery of sin. Freedom from the evil one. We've been set free from the punishment of death and hell. We've been set free from that. And the chains and the bondage has been removed. And we rejoice and we run. And Paul says, hey, you were running so well. You had freedom. You were going. What happened to you? I think that what happened in this situation is that we see that they began to be hindered and allow things to come into their life that would hinder them from running in the freedom of the cross. In Colossians chapter 3.17, it says, Do all things in the name of Jesus. And 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Let me answer your question about what your aim should have been this week. And I believe that our aim every day, every moment, should be nothing more than to bring glory to the name of Jesus Christ. I heard a pastor say just this week, 
He said, you know, I believe that sin is any time and any place in your life that you bring glory to something other than God. I don't know about y'all, but that's a tough pill to swallow. I was sitting there thinking, any time that I'm glorifying anything but God, that's missing the mark of bringing glory to God. That's sin. And Paul says, hey, you are, you are doing so well. And I think about Christians that when they come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior, and all of a sudden they're running as hard as they can because they're so excited about their newfound faith, and they're so excited about what Jesus did, and then they begin to fall off slowly because they're not being discipled and growing. They begin to find themselves uh, uh, not in a process of sanctification and they begin to fizzle out into an extent or in a way and they need to be growing, they need to be discipled, they need to be trained, they need to be having people walk with them. And I think here Paul's saying, hey, listen, you were so excited, you were running, you were going forward as fast as you could, and then something has hindered you. And he talks about in verse 8 through 12 what he wishes would happen to those hindrances. But if our aim as Luke 4.18, the body of believers that are here at this church house, if our aim is to bring glory and honor to the name of Jesus, the only way we can do that is by yielding and walking in the Spirit. It says in the Scripture that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. It says that the Son has set you free, then you are free indeed. Galatians 5.1 tells us that Christ has set us free. He's given us freedom that we can go forth and bring glory to the name of God. And so my question is this, are you walking in the freedom of the Spirit, yielding to the Spirit, and allowing the Spirit to direct you in your life? It will take you places you never would imagine. And that doesn't mean good on an earthly level, it means that it will bring glory to God no matter what it is. It could even bring you to the point of death as a martyr. But hey, if it brings glory to the name of God, then you're walking in obedience in God and you're walking in the Holy Spirit and you're listening to Him. One of the biggest false belief systems about walking in the Spirit is that every time you walk in the Spirit, you're going to find amazing riches and prosperity and and all this. No, you're going to find joy, peace, patience, kindness, long-suffering. You're going to see in all of this what? You might see pain. You might see hurt. But here's the beauty of it, is that people are going to see the joy of Christ in you no matter what situation you're in. When I think about just him saying, what hindered you? You were going so good. I think about Peter. When Jesus comes walking on water and they're all like, whoa, it's a ghost. They begin to be fearful. But then Peter, when he realizes, I mean, he's like overzealous. Like, it's Jesus. We got to go. Like, I'm getting out on the water. I'm walking to Jesus. And I don't know about y'all. That's how I felt yesterday in my office. I was like, I'm telling y'all. And if I, go, if, I, if, I, if I get a little crazy, I'm sorry. I'm just overwhelmed right now. But I just think of Peter sitting in the boat saying, man, my God's walking on water. And he's giving me authority. I'm getting on the water. And he starts walking. And he starts walking. And all of a sudden, he begins to look around. And he looks at all the circumstances and the pain and the suffering. All these different things that could happen to him because of the waves and the wind and all these things. And he begins to sink because he allowed hindrances to step into his life. But praise God, Jesus reached out in the midst of the hindrances and allowed the chains to be broken. This morning, I was preparing my heart to come before 
this body of believers. Brother Ed, I was watching a video of a song, um, one of my favorite songs right now called Break Every Chain. Uh, and it's very simple. It just says there's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. That's the gospel, right? And uh, that's all it says, really. And then it says there's an army rising up. Let's break every chain. And um, this song went on. This, this person continued to sing and continued to sing and continued to sing. And I was like, man, this is like the longest song I've ever seen in my life. And all of a sudden, the pastor came up, and he goes, I don't know what to say. And he just said, hey, Jesus saves, and he breaks chains. And from that one song, all of a sudden, the aisles were flooded with people wanting to know Jesus, their Lord and Savior. Not a word spoken from the pastor. All because the simplicity of the gospel. God wants to break some chains of hindrance here today. So I have prayed through and comprised about five hindrances that we kind of run into in yielding to the Spirit, and listening to the Spirit. And I want to share those with you. Number one is our love of comfort or of the norm. Too often we are so used to the flesh and so used to the comfort that we're afraid to step out into the unknown. In Ephesians chapter 4, 17 through 24 Paul begins to tell the, the people of Ephesus, the, people, the Ephesians, he begins to tell them and shares with them about putting on the new life. He says you've got to remove the old, the norm, and you've got to put on the newness of life. I've shared with you several times, and we don't have to go there today because I've shared so many times, sanctification is painful. Growing is painful. I've heard people even say, hey, you've got growing pains. Growing is painful. So if we are trying to step out of the norm and walk in the, in the freedom of the Spirit, then there's going to be a little bit of a resisting inside of us. We see that in trying to remove the flesh in the sanctification process of that resisting. I always joke about the fact that I feel like I should have been born in the 60s because I feel like who I am is more... Uh, Related with the conservatism that I saw in 70s and 80s and on. And, and my generation, I just don't know what's happening. We're praying. We're praying for my generation. But for me, I've, I, I hear over and over what happened in the 80s at Cottagehill Baptist Church. The revival that broke forth, I believe it was in the 80s. And I was too young to know what was happening um, if I was even born at the time. And uh, so I always joke that I wish I'd been born then because I'd love to experience what happened in the 80s. But you know, as I was sitting here talking and thinking about the love of the comfort of the, and, and the norm and the false belief system is, is that we've, we've made it this far, we've seen, you know, we, we, can, we can make it on our own. You begin to try to protect your perishable and yourself. You begin to try to protect yourself. You can't do it. But you know, as I, as I think about what God did in the 80s through different revivals, one of the things that concerns me is that we can place the norm, the norm as this is how God moves, as what we saw here. And I believe that God doesn't do the same thing every time so that we don't begin to trust in a process. I believe that God works in different ways and we have different experiences of His uh, mighty power and His grace and His mercy so that we're trusting in the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who's the author of it all, not in some type of process or formula to create it. 
And so though amazing things happened, even in my life five years ago with my healing of myasthenia gravis, I've seen God move in other ways. And my prayer is, is that we never fall into the norms and say, well, if the Spirit's going to move, this is how He's done it in the past, and so this is how He's going to do it today. My God don't live in a box. I don't know about y'all. My God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But listen, my God has all authority. And He can move in any way He pleases. And so we must listen to the, to, the, to the presence of God and to the Holy Spirit, and we must follow, even when it takes us out of the comfort and the norm. If it's the comfort of sin, we need to repent. If it's the comfort of structured religion, then we need to say, God, we're here, we're going to listen, and we're going to walk in obedience, even if we're supposed to preach without shoes on. One of the biggest hindrances to walking in the Spirit is structure. Now, structure is not a bad thing. God tells us to plan. God tells us to prepare. But in Proverbs, it says that man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. And here's the thing. If you're so stuck on your plan, you're going to miss God. If you hold on to your plan, you're saying, God, I'm trying so hard to get over here. Why, why is it so tough to get over here? I planned. I'm trying to get over here, God. And he's saying, hey, I'm directing your steps. Why are you fighting against me? Why are you fighting me? Just wait to see what's going to happen. I want to share with you a quick story. Leslie and I were uh, coming home from Indiana in December 2014. And we were driving down the road and we went through the night, which we don't do that anymore. I'm too old for that. Um, I hit 31, it's over, no more driving through the night. And uh, I was driving through the night, we had the kids, and we had our two-month-old. What are you doing driving through the night with a two-month-old for 12 hours? That's crazy in itself. Um, Two o'clock in the morning, we pulled into Randomville, Kentucky. That's not a real place, that's just what I call it, because I have no idea where we were. And the only reason we stopped there is at two o'clock in the morning, you're going to stop at the biggest truck stop you can find for safety. We saw this big truck stop. We pulled, pulled off. There was two of them, one on the left, one on the right. The one on the left had McDonald's. The one on the right had Dunkin' Donuts. And I said, well, I don't care for either of them. And for something in me said, go to the McDonald's. Now, I don't, I'm not endorsing McDonald's. And the Lord did not say go to the valley of the land of golden arches. I just felt in my heart to turn left at 2 o'clock in the morning in Randomville, Kentucky, uh, to this McDonald's and a gas station. And I get out and I'm pumping gas at 2 o'clock in the morning, Randallville, Kentucky, and I look over to my left, and I see my former pastor and boss, Tim Bias, who was driving from Virginia down to Nashville and just happened at 2 o'clock in the morning to pull off at the same gas station at the exact same time that we pulled off. And I'm sitting here like, man, are you kidding me? I was like, am I seeing a ghost? And I'm sitting here like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm like, but we talked, and we had a great time at 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, the weather cut us short because it was so cold, and I don't like cold. And so uh, we have continued to talk on the phone and continue to, to uh, just spend time together. And I share that with you to share this. This year we're coming home from Leslie's parents' house and about 20 miles from, uh, well, excuse me, we get in the car and I said, okay, Lord, we need protection because the storms are bad. I don't know if y'all remember all the storms around Christmas. 
And I said, Lord, we need protection. And the the voice of the Lord spoke to me and said, man plans his ways, but I direct your steps. And I said, okay, Lord, I'm planning to go to Louisville and then south to Nashville, south to Mobile. I said, that's my plans, but obviously that ain't where we're going today because you wouldn't have just spoke that to me. (laughs) 20 miles from Louisville, um, Leslie says, hey, uh, there's a wreck in Louisville. Uh, Thank you, Lord, for technology. And uh, she says, a 45-minute backup in Louisville. And so we real quickly do reroute on, on the phone. And next thing it knows, it says, turn left here. And I'm like, where in the world are we? So we begin to, we, we fought it in our hearts. We're like, do we turn? Do we not turn? We know this way. This way's safer, we think. But this way's quicker. So we turned. And the Lord let the storms dissipate. The sun starts setting on the rolling hills of Kentucky. And if you'll show this picture... This is what the Lord let me see. Some of the most beautiful lands that I've ever seen. If I would have followed my path and plan, I would have been stuck in traffic and I probably would have been sinning. (laughs) But because I listened to the voice of the Lord and He said, He had already prepared my heart and said, Hey, you plan your ways, I'm going to direct your steps. We turn and the sun, I mean, it was pink and just beautiful skies and me and my wife were like, man, this is... I have never seen countryside like this. And I was like, I was like, Leslie, we got to find a bed and breakfast in this town. Write it down. We're coming back. Well, we were in the middle of nowhere. So we continue on about 7 o'clock that night. We're just getting back onto the interstate. And we realized that we had missed all the exits for food. And, of course, you start to hear Sam whining immediately after you realize you missed all the exits. And I said, what are we going to do? So we keep driving down the road. And about five miles, I told her, I said, Bowling Green's an hour away. Let's try to make it there. Well, Sam's like, no. I mean, he was basically speaking to us. No, not, not waiting. We get five miles down the road, and we see a truck stop with a McDonald's. <laughs> and she said, turn in there. And I said, I don't like that place to eat. I just, that's just me. Well, we turned in there. Guess what? It's the exact same place that we saw at 2 o'clock in the morning. We didn't know we were pulling in there. We had no idea. We pull in. I looked at my wife, I said, I said, if we see Tim Bias here this time, <laughs> I honestly said, if we see Tim Bias here this time, I'm buying a lotto ticket, but, but I didn't. <laughs> we get out of our car, I'm pumping gas, I'm looking all around, I'm like, I'm like, okay, Lord, no, he wasn't there. Went inside McDonald's, and my son and wife were eating, and um, I all of a sudden felt I was supposed to fast, and... My wife goes to the restroom, and, you know, the McDonald's is here, and the gas station's here. If you are in here, you don't see in here, and if you're in here, you don't see in here, right? I mean, y'all know how that works. So she walks into the gas station to go to the restroom, comes back, and she goes, Oh, my! I said, you got to be kidding me. She goes, Tim Bias is in the gas station. <laughs> I let out a shout in McDonald's, and I thought the Holy Spirit had fallen in that place. Everybody was like, What happened? He was driving from Nashville, Tennessee, I mean from Virginia down to Nashville and just happened to stop there two years in a row. You say, David, how'd this happen? Let me tell you how it happened. God happened. 
Man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. And I pray that we will listen to the voice of God even in a year and not be afraid of, of, of releasing structure. That if the Lord says, hey, fall on your face, then you need to, out of the fear of God, as Brother Fred said, I fear disobeying God than pleasing man. And if the Lord tells you, even this morning, that you need to come to the altar while I'm preaching, then, then come on. Because I want you to walk in obedience way before pleasing me. That's my heart. I had my ways planned. And because I listened to the voice of God, I got to see some of the most beautiful country land I've ever seen. And I got to speak to one of the most like God-fearing men I know in my life randomly at 7 o'clock. And I even walked up to him and I said, I can't talk to you. My head is exploding right now. I don't know what to think about this. I'll call you when I can put words together. Because let me tell you something, I joked, I didn't buy a lot of ticket, by the way, but I joke about that, I had a better chance of hitting that than seeing him twice in a 10-minute span at a randomville place, but that's my God. There's no limitations on my God. And when we follow him and walk in him, we see things and do things that we could never imagine doing. And so we have to say, Lord, I'm not going to deal with the comfort and the norm anymore, I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to walk in obedience. Now don't, don't miss me on this. Structure is a good thing. But structure that trumps the voice of God is a terrible thing. A terrible thing. And you know who the most uncomfortable people are when the Holy Spirit starts to move? And the freedom of the Spirit starts to happen? Those who are so set in their plans that they have to quench or they have to resist the Spirit in order to follow their plans. They're the ones who are probably in their seat going, mm. <laughs> not saying anybody's doing that this morning yet. Um, number two, number one is that we have to understand that one of the biggest things is the, is, is the love of the comfort and the love of the norm. Number two, we have a fear that our past can make you unqualified for walking in the Spirit. It's interesting how the evil one, the father of all lies, John 8, 44, has to focus on people's past. You want to know why? Because he sure don't want to talk about your future. Because I do recall that in the scriptures, and as we just sang a song, it says that Satan has been vanquished. He no longer has the keys to death. And let me tell you, in the end, he's thrown into a very, very, very hot place. I don't think he wants to discuss his future with you. And so the liar, the father of all lies, comes in and begins to bring up and fester your past and say you're unqualified. You're unqualified to, to have freedom in the Spirit. Let me tell you something. Jeremiah 31, 34 says that God will forgive and remember your sins no more. The only thing that qualifies you to walk in the Spirit is the blood of the Lamb. Your past, your best moments in life, excuse me, your best moments in life does not qualify you to walk in the Spirit, does not qualify you for salvation, does not qualify you to go to heaven. The only thing is the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ that washes away and makes us pure, white as snow. And when God looks at us and looks at you as a believer, He sees Jesus, not you. He sees the blood of the Lamb, not you. And so you're sitting here and you're saying, but David, you don't know my past. Yeah, but if you're sitting there struggling with it, then you don't have a full grasp of the blood. 
Let's think about these few people. Paul uh, persecuted Christians. Moses was a murderer. David was an adulterer and a murderer. And he had a heart after God. Don't allow the evil one to lie to you and say because of your past that you can't walk in the Spirit and the freedom and allow God to use you And maybe it's the fear that somebody's going to come up to you and confront you about your past. I remember you ten years ago and how terrible you were. I mean, you're a hypocrite. You know what you say to them in that moment? I mean, you're absolutely right who I was ten years ago. And if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus, I'd still be there. Listen, Satan wants to use the fear of your past to cripple you and to keep you locked in chains where you cannot run in the freedom of Christ to bring glory to the name of Jesus. Remember, our only purpose is to bring glory to the name of Jesus. And so he's going to try so hard to keep you locked down in chains. The more I walk in the Spirit, the more I get closer to the King, the more I realize the power of the blood to cleanse me of my past and my unrighteousness. And so when the evil one comes to you and begins to throw the past at you, first off you say, oh, don't, 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 don't come at me with the past because let me tell you about the future. Let me tell you about the blood of the Lamb and what He's done in my life. And begin to share the Scriptures because let me tell you something, the evil one, this is one thing he don't like. He don't like it. There is power in the Word. There is power in the name of Jesus. So we know that the love and the comfort of the norm, we understand the fear of our past, will keep us locked down from listening to the Spirit and walking in the freedom. Number three, the fear of the unknown. All of a sudden you're like, okay, um, I have no idea where God's going to take me. I have no idea. We talked about this just a minute ago. Matthew 14, again, when we were talking about Uh, Peter and Jesus walking on water, in that scripture we see them begin to be afraid because they saw a ghost or they thought they had seen a ghost. But here's the thing, we have to understand as believers that when when they were fearful for the unknown, God was with them all along. Finally he realizes it's Jesus and he says, okay, I'm out of here, let's go, I'm getting on the water and I'm walking. I hope that would have been me in that moment. I feel like it would have been because I get really excited when I even think about the name of Jesus, much less see him face to face. The disciples feared what they thought was a ghost, but when they realized that it was Jesus, they began to worship the king. Psalms 139, 7-10 says, No matter where you are, God is there. There's no place that the Holy Spirit will take you that God's not there. There's no place. When you're trusting in Him and you're walking in the Spirit, He's going to lead, guide, direct you. He's with you. And let me tell you something. It may be unknown to you, but it's not unknown to the Father. And the Father loves you. And the Father's with you. And the Father's all-powerful. I think about sometimes, you know, hey, do you realize who my dad is? And I have an earthly father and I love him like crazy, but do you realize who my heavenly father is? And I'm sitting here thinking, oh, I'm a little nervous to go into the unknown. God created it all. He spoke and the earth existed. He said, let there be light and light happened. 
He has all authority. And in the book of Job, we see that nothing can happen without it going first before the throne of God. I want to share with you a story in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 31, 7 and 8. And we'll read this scripture with you. I've been kind of going a little quick. This is a story of Joseph, and at the very end when Moses is kind of the book of Deuteronomy is three messages by Moses, kind of just relaying what's happened. And now at the end of it, you obviously many of you know, because you're all Bible scholars in this place, right? That Moses is passing over the baton. And he says, Then Moses called to Joshua and he said to him, In the sight of all of Israel, be strong, courageous, for you shall go with these people into the land which the Lord has sworn to you, to their fathers, to give them. And you shall give it to them as an inheritance. The Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not fail you, nor forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Let me ask you a question. Hey, is this the unknown? He don't know where he's going. I mean, he, they sent spies in. He had been in one time and seen the spies. Right? And don't forget what the spies came back with. Oh, they're giants. But Moses says, hey, do not fear because God goes with you. He's your strength. He's your provision. He knows where he's taking you. He already knows how Jericho's going to fall. He already knows that the water in the Jordan is going to just drain up and you're going to walk on through. Some pastor told me one time, and, and I haven't studied this, so I'm just, but I, but I feel like this is correct, but he said that in Jericho they worshipped the water god. Can you imagine being at Jericho, looking and watching, all of a sudden the water just draining out? Whoa, okay, they're already coming in and one of their gods is being defeated before they even got there. And I love the fact that Jericho was defeated by the marching band. I knew there was a purpose for me to be in the band for four years in high school. Every time we marched, I was thinking, man, Jericho fell. Let me tell you something. If, if, if people can walk around with a marching band and the walls of this great city falls down, I think that we can trust the unknown because the Spirit of God is leading, directing, and guiding us into it. And why is He doing all this? Remember, there's a purpose, there's a reason. It's to bring glory to His name. See, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 26 and on, it talks about how God uses things that, are, that, that seem unwise to this, to this normal world and, and to shame those, to, to bring about uh, conviction and understand, like they're confused to those who are wise. And so I think sometimes God takes us into places that the culture is saying, you're crazy, what in the world are you doing? God shows up and they say, oh, well, all we can do is see God. And that's what we want to be is say, hey, we want to bring glory to God. We boast in Him alone. We can't boast in ourselves. Let me tell you something. Me, this morning, up here preaching to you, I can only boast in God because God is the one speaking, not me. And how dare I ever walk in arrogance and say, look at what I've done. The only thing I've done is fallen on my face and said, God, use me. God will take us to places that you can't even fathom, the unknown. But He's with us. And the world will say, whoa, what in the world just happened? And we say, all I know is I'm walking in the Spirit and the Spirit of God just showed up. It's all Jesus. Romans 8 says, who can separate us from Jesus? 
we see that Joshua goes in, and y'all know the story of Joshua. I was told that, that the military still looks at that story because it's one of the most incredible stories of conquer. But let me tell you one thing that our military might not understand is that Joshua was able to conquer all that because God was with him. If we remove God from this nation, I have a bad omen for them. I have a bad word for them. But that's another time, another place. Number four, one of the hindrances is, is that we lack the lack of trust or faith. This really goes back to all of them. In Hebrews eleven six, it says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. God must, we must believe that He is and that He rewards those who seek Him. Jeremiah says that God has a plan for us. We must trust that. So my question to you right now is, do you trust, do you have faith as God is leading and directing you? Do you have faith? Do you trust Him? I've shared before that our trust in God comes from us getting to know Him. Falling in love with Him. Knowing His Word and hearing His voice over and over and over. We must know God. And in Matthew 7.11, it talks about the heart of the Father. It says, if you then being evil, how, how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask? We have a good, good Father who loves us. And He's saying, trust me. I'm going to take you to places you're going to see things. You're going to, you're going to watch the glory of God fall because you've given your life for the glory of God. As we were driving home that day, I was sharing with you about just trusting the Lord, walking in the Spirit. As we were driving home, we got 20 miles from Louisville, and I told you that me and my wife debated on whether we should turn left off the interstate and go through crazy, who knows where, Kentucky. And um, what happened in that moment is, is that our MapQuest, also known as Siri, some of y'all, how many of y'all know who Siri is? Good. If you don't know who Siri is, that's the, the wonderful person who speaks on your phone when you don't understand who's speaking. Um, that's Siri. And uh, she was talking to us, which is a little confusing, I get it, but we allowed her to talk to us. And she said, turn left here, avoid a 45-minute 45 45 backup. And how many of y'all in this room have ever used MapQuest and Siri to uh, map your plans and, and travel? Come on, how many of y'all love it? I mean, y'all, y'all love it, I get it. You're like, I have no idea where I'm going. Brother Fred shared before some of his stories about trying to speak the right city in, and they don't understand the city. Uh, it wasn't Opelika, it said Opaluka, right? And, and, and it finally got it. Um, but here's the thing. How many of y'all have ever been using MapQuest or Siri, and all of a sudden it says, at your first available U-turn, legal U-turn, please make a U-turn. Anybody? Anybody there? And you want to throw your phone out the window, don't you? And then all of a sudden, you take the U-turn, and you start going. It says, take the first available U-turn. I'm like, are you kidding me? But here's the thing. Check this out. Even though MapQuest is wrong sometimes, and even though Siri directs you incorrectly sometimes, because eight to nine out of ten times she's correct, we continue to go back and put faith and trust in Siri. And she's only correct 8 or 9% of the time. You have a father who loves you and is correct 100% of the time. And I don't know about y'all, 
But the Lord put me on my face when I realized that sometimes I put more trust in a mechanical person who tells me which way to go in the car than I do in the Father who breathed life into me. A Father who loves me and is always 100% correct. Even if it leads me to the point of death for the glory of the name of Jesus Christ, He was still 100% correct. And so if you're going to walk in the Spirit and yield to the Spirit, you've got to begin to trust Him and remove the false belief systems of, well, if these results don't happen, then God didn't hear me. No, we can't allow the results to determine which way, whether God was there or not. We walk in obedience and we know God's there because the Scripture says it. And if the results are different than what you expect, then say, okay, God, what are you, what are you doing? What are you using me for here? You're doing something, I just don't see it. And he'll show you. He'll open your eyes. God, open my eyes to see. We must trust. Listen, Siri didn't give her only begotten son to die on a cross for you to have life. But God did. That's how much he loves you. He loves you enough to send his son to the cross, to bleed on the cross, to die on the cross. And on the third day, the, 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 the grave begins to shake. And all of a sudden, I mean, I just, oh, I wish I was there. Can you imagine? The last hindrance that I have in this, number one was the love of comfort. We have to be willing to get rid of it. The lack of trust and faith, the fear of the unknown, the fear of our past. And number five is not knowing the voice of God. Now this kind of goes hand in hand with the lack of trust because like I said, you're going to trust God when you know Him. But let me just share with you about this. This is probably one of the most difficult ones for me to speak on because it's very easy for us to say, is that God speaking or is that my mind just making something up? Even sitting right there, I said, is that God speaking or is my mind just saying, take your shoes off so that you'll look crazy up there? I mean, I battled it right there. But let me just share with you this. The Spirit of God will always verify Scripture, will always bring glory to the name of Jesus, and will always bring about peace. It says in 1 Corinthians 14.33, God is not the God of confusion, but of peace. The scripture tells us that we should be able to discern good from evil. We should be able to discern the voice of God. And I will tell you, some of the reasons that we don't, aren't able to discern God's voice is because too often we're not listening for His voice. Too often we have too many hindrances, and I'll tell you, whenever something pops in my head, I say, okay, God, what was my mind? Was my mind on idle in that moment? Because if it was on idle, then I need to really just seek out the Lord. But, but if my mind was on you and running after you with all my heart, and my heart was solely just in tune with you, and you're speaking, I'm going to walk in obedience. Some of the ways that you can make sure that you're hearing the voice of God is to seek godly counsel. To have people in your life that you know are yielded to the Holy Spirit and are listening and are able to share with you what they sense that the Lord is speaking to you in that moment. But let me warn you, even a Christian who's not walking in the Spirit can give you worldly advice. If somebody says, well, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that, and you're saying, well, did you even pray about it? Did you seek the Lord over it? 
I've had situations in my life that people spoke to me and shared something with me and told me that the Lord, but I had no peace. I had no peace. And later I realized that it was more of a selfish ambition in their own heart than it was the voice of God leading and guiding me. We must know the voice of God to be able to discern the voice of God, to hear the voice of God. We must spend time. If I'm in a room with a group of people and my wife walks in on the other side and she's talking, I'm either going to know my wife's in the room or her twin sister. Because I know my wife. And I know her voice. But you know what's interesting is that you can even do that with some of your best friends. You say your children, your wife, yeah, but you spend a lot of time with them. But even your best friend who you've spent time with and have engaged intentionally with, you could walk into a room and my best friend could be on the other side of the room and I could hear them speak and say, oh, that person's in, in, in the house today because I spent time with them. We must yield to the freedom of the Spirit. Because the freedom of the Spirit will take us places we could never fathom. We will do things that, that the glory will be given to God and God alone. And so I bring you all the way back to what I asked you this morning. And that is this. What's your aim? What's your aim this week? And I shared with you that the aim should be nothing but bringing glory to the name of Jesus Christ. Nothing but bringing glory to the name of Jesus Christ. And the only way to do that is to walk in the Spirit. As I yield it to the Spirit, randomly I see my pastor and a giant of the faith in my life twice. That's unbelievable. As I walk in the Spirit, I find myself in places and conversations and, and watching the power of God move and it's only Him. I boast in Him and Him alone. But I'll... I want to close things up with this tonight, this afternoon. I want to take you back to the story of Joseph. And we're not going to read the whole thing. But in Joseph's story, he has a vision. And the vision almost cost him his life, didn't it? Next thing you know, he's thrown into a pit. Then they decide, well, we won't kill him, we'll sell him. So off to being a slave. If only things could get any better, he decides uh, to, to speak the truth and be a man of integrity. And uh, he gets thrown in prison, lied about, accused. Being in prison, he interprets dreams. And at the age of what I, if I remember this correctly, around the age of 30 years old, Joseph becomes second in command of all of Egypt. And here's what I want you to see in this. The circumstances of Joseph's life never changed the fact that his aim in life was to bring glory to the name of Jesus. Glory to the name of God. He understood that the circumstances don't bother him and he's not going to let all these hindrances kind of come in his way. He's not going to sit there and worry about all these hindrances. He's going to continue to be steadfast even if it cost him his life. But he understood that his whole sole purpose was to bring glory to the name of Jesus Christ. No matter what the circumstances.
Walking in the Spirit will bring glory to God's kingdom, not our kingdom. Bringing glory to God can even be through our death. But know that wherever the Spirit takes you, God is with you. And so as we close this morning, here's what I want to ask you. What's your aim? Is it to bring glory to the name of Jesus? Or is it on yourself? Are you walking in the freedom of the Spirit? I'm telling you, yesterday I was in my office at my house, and I was so overwhelmed by the Spirit, literally, that I got up and started to just, just I would say, move around, but it was more like dancing. I was so excited about what God was doing. I was so excited about who, what He was just, I was just like, man, God, you are incredible. I was overwhelmed. And so my question to you is this, if there's hindrances in your life that are keeping you from from being yielded and walking in the Spirit, are you going to lay them down? Because God is a chain breaker here this morning. He always has been and He always will be. And God wants to break the hindrances in your life so that you bring glory to the name of Jesus and not to the hindrances. No matter the circumstances, no matter what you're going through, God will lead, guide, and direct you. You just must yield to His leading. Knowing and trusting in who He is, that He's a good Father and that He loves you. And so this morning, as we close and we close in prayer, I want you to just sit there and just dwell on the fact. Are there hindrances in your life that keep you from yielding to the Spirit? Maybe you're sitting there saying, man, I'm afraid, David. We understand where fear comes from except for the fear of God. You've got to release it. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You're a new creation. The old is gone. The slave to sin has been broken. Quit accepting the lies that the evil one is speaking and, 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 and throwing those fiery darts on you. Don't accept them. And say, I plead by the blood of Jesus, I put up the shield of faith and I block it because I know who my God is and I'm bringing glory to His name, not my name. May the Lord humble us before His mighty power. And may we go forth walking in the Spirit, breaking the structure, and saying, God, you come and do today as you please. And I have to say this as we close in prayer. It doesn't end when you leave this place. It's only just begun. you got to walk in the Spirit out there just as you need to walk in the Spirit in here.